All right, I'm here with Tom. We're going to talk a little bit about the usual uh, drama at Manchester United. Uh, how many crises are there? So, latest with Anthony, Jaden Sancho of J. Ten Hag spoke uh, quite a lot uh, in the uh, Friday press conference. And the Women's Super League about to kick off. Transfer window just closed. United very busy on the final day of the. It's like, what, what is it with United, Tom? Like, trolley dash, four signings they made on the deadline day it's just like every single time men's women's under threes whatever it's like deadline day we must make lots of signings <laughs> it does feel like there's no strategy in place but surely that's not right well it feels all over the place doesn't mm-hmm. it yeah well maybe we should get to that first before we get into the moaning about Jaden sancho and anthony so they've signed well so they lost alessia russo and on a like early so we knew that yeah. happened they signed geza the Brazilian forward, Hinzawa Moata. I'm, I'm doing that wrong, aren't I? Hinata Mizawa, World Cup leading scorer, Japanese midfielder. Uh, Irene Guerrero, the Spanish midfielder. Uh, write your own pun about warrior midfielder <laughs> in there. Uh, Emma Watson, the young, um, young uh, Welsh player and Gabby George from Everton, the defender. So yeah, really busy uh, in sort of revamping the squad ahead of the the Women's Champions League and the Super League that starts this weekend. Yeah, and we got we got PSG haven't we, in the in the qualifier, which is very tough. I mean, as tough as it could have got. Yeah, yeah women's uh, women's Champions League qualifying is very different to the men's, isn't it? Where you can actually get like yeah. actual danger. I mean, that used to be the case in the Champions League. Oh, it's like, like it's like old school uh, European Cup, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, Arsenal went out the other day, didn't they, to to Paris FC and. I, I guess we needed to have a revamp, seeing as we lost like two of our best players in the summer, and yeah. and and some and there are some exciting signings as well. Um, the Brazilian girl obviously scored in, in midweek against against Liverpool in the friendly. Yeah, looks like a, a real talent, and like for all Russo's qualities, like she doesn't actually score that much or score many goals. No, she doesn't. <laughs> and like in the World Cup, yeah. she was I think one of England's weaker players as well. Um, so I don't think there's there's too much replacing there. I think if we can kind of build a a better team around the forward positions, I think we could. It, it doesn't feel like a huge yeah. loss. Like despite obviously her being on a mammoth contract and it being a huge loss to another team in the same league, which does feel like a a, a classic United mess. I don't think it actually will affect us too much on the field and. Doesn't feel like it, no. And and they've got a more flexible forward. Mm-hmm. And and like they've got with uh, Miyazawa as well, they've got goal scoring midfielder there, um support for Ella Toon. Uh, I mean it feels like a quite a balanced squad, even though it's been this trolley dash at yeah. the end of the transfer window in order to get these players in. Uh, but it does feel like quite an exciting squad. Maybe they could have done with one more forward. Yeah. It feels like because, you know, what happens if I mean, they don't play that many games. Women's Super League's only 22 games and obviously the, the two cup competition, well, three with the European yeah. one now. So it could be a fuller season. But uh, yeah, they feel like some weaknesses. They also signed Fallon Tullis-Joyce, didn't they, from OL yeah. Reign, who had, it's kind of interesting signing because she's got like this cult following over here. She plays in Seattle, uh, where I am. And has quite a cult following, but she's been dropped from the team. And it's hard to tell whether she's been dropped from the team and looking for a move because she's not in the team or she's been dropped from the team because this move was yeah. mooted for quite a long time. Yeah, maybe that is the case. It's, it's interesting with United. I think when we lose like players of such stature, 
I, I all I feel a little bit for the players around them that that maybe they they feel that they're at a club who haven't got the ambition to to be the top team in the right. league because that is kind of kind of Glazeronomics in general, really, and especially with the women's team who have been one of Casey Stoney's reasons for leaving, wasn't it? Because the, the, they weren't treated with the respect that a professional football club should be treated with. And I feel what, with losing Russo, that might have been the case for maybe someone like Ella Toon or, or some of the other players at the team. But I feel like because of some of the moves that we've made this summer, it does feel like hopefully it gives, it, it gives a little bit of optimism uh, and encouragement to, to some of the other players around the team that we, this yeah. is this is a serious venture and, and we can be up there again challenging for the league title like we were last year. They kept Mary Earps, but there's contract drama there. She hasn't signed a new contract. She's out of contract next summer. It feels like Alicia Russo 2.0, yeah, doesn't it? story before. Arsenal made a bid, apparently, a world record bid. It's for Mary Earps as they've done for Alessia Russo. I mean, it would be a big loss, and we'll find out whether uh, Fallon Tullis-Joyce coming in is, uh, as her replacement or just to bolster the the, the goalkeeping uh, unit, because uh, Sophie Bagley went to Brighton. And we'll see with... Uh, Arsenal have a few goalkeepers, don't they? Uh, Chelsea got five of them or something. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Stocking up on keepers. They brought in Hannah Hampton, didn't they? Another England goalkeeper, so been some kind of interesting moves in WSL. Yeah, I think I think losing Erps is, is a different story entirely to losing Russo as well because there's just there's no goalkeeper in the world in my opinion that, that matches up to to work. So it's not like we can replace it with a few players to play around her or anything. Like no. it, it would be a huge loss, both in terms of quality and personality as well, because she brings so much in that regard. Well the personality thing's a big thing and, and marketability yeah. because it's still important. I mean they do United probably over-index on the marketing, the Lionesses thing, um, because there are lots of other players in the team, uh, apart from those guys. But it's it's it does resonate with the public, the wider public, and there's obviously a need to grow the sport in terms of audience. I mean, that will happen, I think, a little bit with the new TV contract, much more TV, much more WSL going to be shown yeah. this season. I think much more accessible to people. Obviously, England did so well in the World Cup, Mary Epps having one of the moments of the World Cup, saving a penalty and then just a magnificent foul mouth <laughs> uh, reaction was, to was it. was the moment of the, the World best, Cup. Best meme ever. Ah, yeah. oh, yes, great. And it speaks to a personality thing, as you're saying. So, you know, it, w- it would be a huge loss. It looks like that'll probably happen unless United are able to sort of pull out a contract offer in time. But nothing at this club seems to move quickly. No. Oh, except finding out players are wrong ones. That's That moves quickly, but... Like everything else is slow, and then, as I said, a trolley dash at the end. It just there is a women's football director, as well as Murtagh on the the men's side. Yeah, we supposedly have a more professional uh, way of doing things, but just it still doesn't feel like that. You know, the hands of Joel Glazer on this, you can smell it, can't yeah. you? You know, he's on this all the time. Just yeah, just throughout the football club, there's just so much disorganisation and. And messiness, it's, I mean, we, we've not, it doesn't feel like we speak about the takeover that much anymore, but it just feels like, man, it would be so joyous when that happens that everything can just have a oh, revitalization yeah. throughout every every facet of the football club in so many different areas. Because, I mean, you're surely going to get onto some deep and dark and 
joyful topics later in this show, which again have got Joel Glazer's handprints all over them. Yeah, well, let's let's move on from the 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 WSL then. I, I mean, we'll be looking forward to the their game this weekend, and then I guess talk Jaden Sancho. Because that's the story of the yeah, moment, isn't it? This is the huge story just... of football at the moment. <laughs> just... Oh my god! It's story of Manchester United, Chaos FC, Statement FC. They put out a statement. Now, man, this was terse, yeah. right? The headline said clarification on Jaden Sancho, of which there was zero clarification, <laughs> other than saying he'd be training away from the first team. We got more details from Eric Ten Hag in his press conference today. He spoke quite a bit about it. He kind of had to. I mean, he's tried to do a straight bet on Anthony all the time, but he just can't not talk about this. He said there are standards. There's a line. It's not just one thing. He said they asked me. They said the culture was no good. They asked me to bring standards in. I may be paraphrasing Mm -hmm. there. But I think that's quite clear. He's been given the mandate to go sort out this no good culture. Yeah, and and that, that's that's interesting in itself and and actually like very good to hear and it feels like exactly that's what he's been operating as and and doing for the past 13 14 15 months. My fear with it with what he did with Sancho calling him out was was a step too far but like he has done so much right for the club I, I think in 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 changing the culture to to ha- have a culture that isn't supposed to let the standards slip. With with Sancho though, it, it feels not inevitable, but like I, I, I've spoken about it on the show so many times that he lacks intensity when he plays football, and like it's not just about ability, like and 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 power or pace that he obviously does lack. It's intensity when he has the ball. It's intensity when he's in the press. It's, there's so much of his game where he's kind of just dawdling and ambling about the field. And if he's doing that in training, like, I mean, I'm obviously not privy yeah. to the to the training sessions. I'm not seeing them or anything. But if he's if he's performing the way he's in training, like he is on on the on the football pitch, like, there's no wonder that like Ten Hag's eventually like finally lost his rag with him. And well, what's to say that he's going to be training harder than he plays? Like, it's, there's not too many players. Well, it doesn't seem. He doesn't like seem it. that type of player. And then right. there's like the, that meme with. Bukayo Saka, which you might have seen on social media, where Bukayo Saka is like right. laughing at how badly Sancho is training for England, then like it's like, yeah, you kind of start to add a few things up that you you, you tie a few little threads together, and you think, yeah, I know one. I can't believe this hasn't happened earlier. Really, like in preseason when he when some of his performances, like he showed moments of quality, which he obviously does have, but like there's so many moments of just ambling around. And it's so frustrating as a fan, never mind as a manager. And and then for obviously him to come out with his own statement and then as the Athletic report today or when, or yesterday or whenever it was where they brought their report out saying that he hasn't apologised for what he's done. Like, I, I feel like Ten Hag was wrong in the first position to, to do what he did personally. I can see why he would have done it to maybe spark a reaction. Oh, I can't get any reaction out of him. I'm going to drop him from the team. I'm going to publicly call him out, see if that works almost like Mourinho style. But yeah, like the, the, the way that Sancho's handled it and and if if all accounts are true from the athletic re- refusing to apologise, like what are you doing? Like what are you yeah. doing? Like you, if you want a long-term future at the football club, you're, you want, you're not going to have one unless Ten Hag leaves. 
or or yeah, or you just sod off. Like if that is that really what you want? Like surely you yeah. can't be you can't be so stubborn to to believe that. I know. Chris Wheeler in the mail reported today that he's open to a move. I mean, the, the question there is, who? Mm-hmm. Because he's on a massive salary. He was on a really big salary at, at Dortmund. United had to improve that, obviously. And United have got a yet another millstone with a player on a huge salary that they can't <laughs> move on. Maybe we'll have a chat about Harry Maguire in a little bit. And and so, like, where? I mean, it's almost like both parties... I don't, what is it? Is this the prisoner's dilemma, right? It's it's who tells on the other person first, yeah. <laughs> like, and and they they're both like they they've got a circular firing squad going instead, where they're just ruining it for each other, and there's no way out. And and who's going to buy? You no, know, well, I'm not. I don't feel too. I, if, well, no if, one, if you, you're no showing one, this because, attitude, because, yeah, and also lack of right intensity, lack of performances, like obviously you'll get a move. But if you want to go to a top club, which you are clearly capable of playing at, like you can't behave like this and expect to just walk into a, a top six, top ten club. Yeah. Well, for United to cover the FFP cost, it'd be about forty-five to fifty million. So they need a really big fee on top of the mega wages, and that is a huge investment for a non-Champions League club, yeah. right? There was talk about Tottenham in the summer; it'd be a really big investment for them, just because of the whole package. And so everyone will be looking at this and going, hmm, quite a big risk oh, yeah. there with Sancho. Because it's not just Ten Hag. Like, he wasn't considered... I mean, perhaps it was under Ragnick he got more games than anyone else, right? He didn't really start well under Oli. Was it in and out of the team? And Southgate can't stand him. Exactly. I think that's... Like, a, I know. Think, and, and I know, like, there's a lot to pick apart of, of, of Gareth Southgate and, like, some of his comments recently and the way he keeps picking Maguire... But the way that he's basically ousted Sancho from from the squad, I think, speaks volumes as well. Like, like he's like I said, there's patterns here. There's a lot of people thinking the same way, and and there's surely a reason for that. Yeah. Now, where I did have sympathy with Sancho was around like what kind of mental health challenges he's got. I mean, he took the two months off last season, or he was sent away for two months to go and train. Ten Hag said. It was both about mental and physical fitness. I look back on what he said. I mean, he did not say mental health and no one at the club did either. Um, And so they walked a fine line there, I think, between like talking about someone's medical history and stuff that's quite personal and feels invasive to make public versus like if, if you look. You know, listen to coaches all the time. They talk about mentality. Our mentality wasn't right. And that's different yeah. from mental health. And I'm sort of kind of sympathetic with Eric as well because he's not an English speaker. His English is okay, but it's not perfect. He does say some slightly odd things. You're not quite sure what he means there. And I think it's really hard to draw some kind of concrete conclusions. It appears, I'm just reading between the lines, that Sancho took that personally and and his camp have clearly leaked that out. And so part of the sort of degradation degradation of the, the... relationship between the two of them stems back to last year where it seems like Sancho didn't take that in a kind of positive while well, it's pastoral care we're looking after you you take it some time out whatever time you need way that I think most fans kind of saw that time off and he's kind of taken that as well you picked on me then you're picking on me now it's all about me I, I mean, and in a sense and so I'm like uh, that's the most sympathetic I could be most of me just wants to say, "Grow the fuck I, up, yeah. dude!" It's like you're not you're not sixteen. I, I think that's a very empathic way of looking at it, and a very kind way of looking at it. But 
when I go, when I kind of cast my mind back to what that, to that time, like it was almost like the best thing that could have happened to Sancho. Like the way that the crowd got behind him in the first few games, singing his name that they'd never sang before really. Right. The way that like that first game he came on against Leeds where he, he looked, he had that big grin on his face and, Ten Hag's next to him and there's a massive ovation and he scores an equaliser against Leeds or was it to make it 2-1, whatever. Like, that felt like the reinvigoration of him. And 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 maybe, obviously, we're not privy to exactly what happened at that, that time and what was going through his mind. And maybe he felt a bit, yeah, perturbed by it or he felt a bit patronised by the whole thing or, or whatever was going on. But it just looks from afar that that was actually a great moment. That could have been the moment where he'd had 12, 12, 15 months of uh, trouble at United. And now this is the chance where he's had a time to, to regrow and, and hit the ground running with the fans behind him and the manager behind him and all the players behind him. I remember them all running over to him when he scored and stuff. That felt like the, the turning point for him. But actually looking back on it now, he's saying that that, that was the worst thing that could have happened. I don't know if he's just using that as an excuse or yeah. or, or actually that was yeah. that was like a real real bad point for him but we can't go back and say oh before that moment he was playing so good and it all changed on that moment like it's been the same before as it was afterwards like in terms of just pure yeah. pure football ability and the way that he's he's dealt with this whole situation is just yeah not good obviously yeah I mean, there's a human there, so some sympathy there. But there's also a professional footballer. And, and Gary never once said that Manchester United is a cynical club. They move on from you very quickly. And, and I suspect that's going to be the case with Sancho if they can find a buyer. Otherwise, Ten Hag has clearly shown with Ronaldo and with what he said and with Sancho that he's the boss uh, and the club have to back him. The idea that they would like let player power and this no good culture continue and get another manager in. It's just, un- it's completely untenable. And so they have to back the manager now. They have to back the progress he wants to make. And if he wants rid of Sancho, they're going to have to find a way. The problem is those big wages and his history now is is what other clubs they're not going to go oh well, well let's think about this empathetically they're going to go well does this package match the asset and the and what we're going to get out of him because there would be a club or a manager somewhere who would go yeah we could make him become the player he was at Borussia Dortmund again but it's not without yeah. risk and all clubs will assess the whole package there and it's going to be a real big problem for United and him uh, yeah and and we've got what four months until the next transfer window opens so what's he going to do Play the reserves. Yeah. He's been training with the reserves. On he's not even training on the first team pitches. He's fully with the reserves group. I think. Yeah, I mean, wow. but what, what, what whatever's happened, I think Ten Hag could have dealt with it better, and also he could have dealt with it better, or he could have been advised better. What whatever's happened, like the what he's been briefing the Daily Mail with with that mental health thing. Uh, mental health story and the way obviously he, he well, he's not apologizing he sent out that ridiculous note on on social media like all, all of those it's things so are just dumb. yeah stupid dumb and if he is going through issues or he has gone through problems and and he has been uh well it feels like he's had his nose put out of joint 
and that's that's all fair enough but there is there is blame on on his side as well for how he's dealt with it and and also his performances as well like this is kind this is what it all stems back from is his performances and his lack of intensity on on the football pitch that we've all seen ourselves and in training apparently according to Ten Hag so like I mean, there's been briefing as well yeah. from United, hasn't there, that like the players have kind of got sick of him and they're not on his side and stuff as well. And all that's just a mess and it just adds to the noise. But yeah, I, I felt like he's he's deal, dealt with it so immaturely and, and, and it's going to cost him. It's not going to just cost him his future place at United because it's going to be a long road back now, if, especially if he stays as stubborn as, as, as he is at the moment. And also to to find yeah. a, a top club because you look at even someone like Aston Villa, like he's not going to get into Aston Villa's team. The way that Aston Villa's attackers like press and their intensity that, that Embry's team plays with, like he's not going to get into Brighton's team. Where, where where will he go? Like and obviously Brighton having wouldn't spend well, that type of money. Like and you're thinking like Everton, no, or exactly, like that. and and few would. Oh God! Well, no, he's gonna he's gonna be sent back on loan to Dortmund in January, where they're gonna hope he finds some kind of some kind of peace uh, and place in the team and form and fitness and all of that, and shows some of the quality that will attract a, another top club. There you go. That's what it's I think will so. happen. And Dortmund will pay fifty percent of his wages and no transfer fee and no loan fee or something like that. And United will bear the brunt of this cost. And I think I've said before, the way United conduct their transfer business means there's like a triple whammy of uh, there's the fee, there's the wages, and then there's the inability to get them off the books or the fact they have to take low fees because of the high wages. FBRF put out a table last ten years, right? So United are sixth in the last ten years of the Premier League on point. Sixth. You know, we might not have average six position, but total points wow. six. Right, that is a, a, a. But and we've been one or two over those seasons in wages paid <laughs> and a billion a billion pounds of transfer fees. Right, and th- that points to total mediocrity from top to bottom yeah. of this club, just total mediocrity. And so when Ten Hag said they asked me to get rid of this no good culture um, and to draw a line and and to set standards. That's really important, but it's not all of it. There needs to be standards from Murtar as well and how United conduct business because I think it's still a bit messy this summer, you know, scrabbling around on the last day for loans in the, on the men's side or the trolley dash on the women's side and the, the, the fees paid in some cases. They really have to work, these players, like Hoyland. His wages aren't huge, apparently, but, yeah, it's really got to work. So, yeah, and then, and then we come to the... The ownership and it all it all stems from there, and we're going to have them now for another couple of years. By the looks of it, they're going to wait to see if the the global economy picks up and the interest rates particularly go down, and see if there's a uh, more interest from private equity groups in a couple of years' time, or whether the Qataris or some other state decide to up the bid because they think they can squeeze more money out of this, you know. And I guess related to that is the the announcement that Qualcomm will be the new front of shirt sponsor from next year it will be an it will it'll be an increase on a team viewer but actually around about the chevrolet level so it'll be one of the biggest in the world although for united's reach i'm not actually sure it's that impressive like it feels big 60 million a year but 
United's reach is bigger than anyone's, so it should be big. So anyway, that was rambling a little bit, but kind of morphing into the new furniture sponsor and the ownership yeah. bits. Joy. What do you think the kit will look like with a Snapdragon logo on it? Do you know how few people did Photoshop <laughs> online? It, it's all right. It's not the worst. It's, it's probably better than, yeah, the, the past two. I mean, the Chevrolet, like nothing could ever, ever really be worse than that mess. And TV is a bit bland, isn't no. it, for a bland product. So at least, yeah, Snapdragon, it's also got a nice name yeah. to it. It seems it feels a bit like Game of Thronesy, or like it feels like actually it would be like one of those energy drinks. I think there used to be a dragon yeah, energy drink, right. which was like half like monster and then half alcohol. I remember having it at uni, it was dangerous nice. stuff like it tasted mess you up basically yeah, yeah. It, it it did really mess you up and it tasted like like just juice like really really sweet juice which was lovely when you're like 18 19 when you can't be bothered or you don't have the taste for actual anything alcohol but oh my god the hangovers and the anxiety the next day do not miss those days <laughs> there used there was a thing here which ended up getting banned called Four Loco a few years back, and it got banned it in America. Percent alcohol plus it, yeah, plus energy drinks. I mean, you really have to do a lot to get banned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did it do? Have a gun inside it? No, no, that wouldn't get you banned. That's that's fine. It's yeah, Four Loco. Yeah, look it up. It's good My stuff. <laughs> That'll probably well, the, 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 you up. The anyway, that you have uh, over there are just yeah. like. Well, yeah, we're, we're really segue- uh, like going off on one here, but the drinks that they have in America, like the the, ca- the caffeine <laughs> and the sugar in it, like it's crazy. Good stuff. <laughs> so it gets the kids it going drinks, in the morning. Yeah, well, doesn't it's the it? Phones, yeah. Qualcomm's a chip company, fabulous chip company, to be correct. So they don't actually make their own chips; it's outsourced. But they do the reference designs, and then the chip goes into smartphones predominantly, but other other stuff. And Snapdragon's their sort of. Uh, Intel inside like brand uh, for their high end chips that go in your smartphone. So if you've got a Samsung phone, you've probably got a Snapdragon wow. inside it. Exciting stuff, yeah. And and it's a it's a B two B company, so they sell their chips to uh, phone OEMs, uh, phone manufacturers. Uh, so this is like a big move into. They've been doing other sports sponsorship, obviously Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. United played at. They are a partner already. They sponsored United's tour of the the US themselves see they've been doing more consumer marketing to kind of build the brand up but this is I think probably their largest sports marketing deal and which is uh, anyway exciting uh, stuff. yeah I mean I guess like no NFT or one of those businesses could ever they don't have the resource to actually sponsor United but I mean I'm kind of glad it's a sign of something very boring like, like chips rather than what Boring yeah, and real, yeah. Yeah, yeah whereas yeah. like any, any other, yeah. like, yeah, Forest recently have had a, some dodgy company. Oh, God, yeah. Sponsor them. And then Everton have obviously yeah, just yeah. had this takeover bid from some very aloof and... Vulture Capital mm. Group. Get your true, truly Vulture 777. I mean, just read some of this. Amazing Yeah, Yosimar, I, mean, I don't know if you read they, that Yosimar. Just right, praying on distress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip Hercler's mm. piece, yeah, it goes <laughs> drugs, cartels, gun running. It's great stuff. <laughs> I mean, I suppose Everton are going from a sanctioned Russian oligarch who's a bit too close to Putin, who who bought their provisional naming rights for the new stadium. Well, the option for naming, not actually the name of the option for naming rights for thirty million pounds to help them get through FFP, which 
there could still cost them a lot because there's obviously a Premier League FFP inquiry mm-hmm. into Everton at the moment. And uh, and some of the clubs that went down, uh, particularly Leeds, have made quite a lot of noise about Everton. Uh, because it's, it's, they, it, almost certainly they breached yeah. FFP. They, they got around it by claiming more costs due to COVID than any other club on the planet. Everton, <laughs> really? Yeah, anyway. Yes, ho- horrible new owners, uh, allegedly, etc. and so on. Uh, and, but we don't have horrible new owners. We've got the same old horrible <laughs> owners that we've had for 20 years, <coughs> nearly. Yeah, leeches. God. Uh, Anthony, no real update on Anthony. He's in Brazil, hasn't come back. I guess, well, I guess we didn't talk about it too much. I mean, there were there were all those new fresh allegations of brutal read that was uh, in a newspaper in Brazil, and he's there trying to sort it out. There's an investigation in Brazil. Apparently, some of the details were sent to Greater Manchester Police. I'm not sure what they could do about it, unless they're going to interview the one of the three alleged victims, which might be hard since they're all in Brazil. Another giant mess that. I mean, do do you like do due diligence on these players? Hundred million pounds or oh, whatever yes. it was euros. Do they do the due diligence? Are they like, are you a wrongen or not? Any history here? Well, yeah, c- clearly not. I mean, I'm sure there's like very easy jokes to be making about just his due diligence as a as a football player as well. Seeing as what we've seen from the last thirteen months has not shown us to yeah be too excited about his actual ability on the pitch. But yeah, it's. Uh, another complete mess at the football club, which I, 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 bet, I bet, I bet, I bet they just can't believe like how this how this thing can happen. Where you try and well, you eventually, well, I was going to say you get rid of Greenwood. We haven't even done that. It's still at the football club, and that mess is still going to come back to us when when the Catafé loan finishes, and and if he starts playing well as well, like oh my god, the conversations that are going to be had had there, and then. As soon as yeah, that kind of doors slightly, uh, uh, well, stores slightly closed, and we've got this Anthony deal. It's just just as grim as it gets, isn't it? It really is. Like there's not there's Look not at many. Look United's most expensive ever signing. There's not many like things like, that that are worse than this either, is there? There's not many like that, no like, uh, as as far as like crimes go, like. It's just about as grim as it gets. I mean, the allegations that he beat her, beat her up on several occasions to the point, and I, I guess this, there must be a paper trail on this, that he damaged her breast implant, uh, silicon implant, uh, and, uh, and hit her more than once and was abusive and stuff like that. And he released this weird set of WhatsApp messages publicly which, I mean, did he get permission to do that? I very much doubt it. And he didn't really... I mean, what was he supposed to do? Prove his yeah. innocence? It was just this random, like, series of conversations about them meeting in a hotel room and she was going to lie there naked for him. Or was this to say, oh, well, she... Yeah, I can't have hit her because she liked me. I think that's probably what he was trying to release that for. But, you know, we know that's not how abusive relationships work. So, I mean, we spoke about, like... Sancho's stupidity earlier and immaturity, but I mean, this obviously takes it to a new level, and it's a, it's a sense of entitlement that so many of these footballers have as well. I think, which obviously leads to certain situations like this, where they feel that 
I mean, it's it's not just a, a new thing as well. Like footballers have throughout generations have had similar types of allegations uh, thrown against them, and, and and in a bygone era in the seventies and eighties, yeah. they used to be able to get away with it and used to get a pat on a, a slap on the back, a slap around the head from from the the manager and told to. Oh, don't do that again. You're kind of bringing the club into disrepute, but you'll obviously be back in the team in four or five games, kind of a thing. Whereas, obviously, now that the, the punishment is a lot more correct and a lot, a lot stronger. But yeah, the entitlement that these people have, who, and I guess they just feel like they can they can do anything and get away with anything, like because they are professional footballers, because they are kind of the most sought after people and most loved people, I guess, in, in the world, if, especially if you're playing for Man United or, or even yeah. back when you were playing for Ajax as well. Like, you you must feel, like, egoically as, yeah, yeah invulnerable, almost, yeah. almost like godlike because you you are kind of posed as, as above the, the normal man. Like, the normal man is also screaming your name, is, is wanting, is desperate to, to see you, to touch you, to... To have you have a photo taken with you, like it is going to create some type of of weird, like, well, an ego trip, but also like this weird kind of feeling where you are above everything else. And and if you aren't, if you haven't got the the right type of help, and you haven't got the right type of advisors around you, you haven't got a football club which creates a a culture around you where it helps you to to remain level headed and 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 on an even keel and 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 stops you from being this well just huge ego which united have had so yeah. many we've had so many of these ego types at united obviously not well i say we've not had people who've been sexually abusing people but we have in mason greenwood and now we've got fans in it well yeah <laughs> but and then run out and, there and, before and, that oh, exactly yeah so like there is obviously a problem with with footballers in general because we've seen so much of it and and there's obviously this new story about Real Madrid C players Real Madrid C players uh three of them getting into similar type of uh, similar types of allegations um obviously Benjamin Mendy l- loads of different stories Chad Evans David Goodwillie we can uh, they're just names that come to my come to my mind so there's a football culture problem there's obviously a societal problem but there's also a Man United problem and and, and there's a culture that needs to be changed at this football club and and it doesn't, and it doesn't change yeah. from from the response that we we gave to Mason Greenwood, and and the, obviously the statements that came out after that. Like the, the football club need to look at themselves, and like you say, due diligence when we sign a player, but also creating a culture which is is creating footballers and people that are more, yeah, level headed. Yeah, exactly. Rounded yeah, more and human. human and, yeah. Well, if you look at the comparison statements between that put out about Mason Greenwood and that put out about Jane and Sancho, there's more sympathy towards the yeah, well, loads more. There was so uh, much empathy and sympathy yeah. in that statement, so much. Yes, you're like you can boil it down to no dickheads and do the right thing. And United have a lot of dickheads, and they never do the right thing. Like almost never, and that comes from the top. And I guess it's glib and easy to just kind of blame the owners for this, but their hands are on this all of the time. You cannot tell me that Joel Glazer wasn't involved in discussions around Mason Greenwood and and Anthony. Uh, Jaden Sancho, a bit different. 
I think, because it's very, very much a football matter until we find out he's a wrong one. Uh, he'd probably get himself back into the hearts <laughs> books then. I, sh- I shouldn't joke about it, but I was just thinking, like, if you look at the top signings from Manchester United, Paul Pogba, Anthony, Harry Maguire, Jadon Sancho, Roman Lukaku, top five, Di Maria, top six. What a rogues gallery of failed signings that is. Just incredible amount. What is that? You know, 500 million pounds worth of absolute mm. nonsense. <laughs> like, Jesus You talk about Christ. egos as well. Yeah, some big egos there, yeah. Uh, including Harry Maguire, who's... It's a kind of interesting narrative. I, I, fi- I find myself not that sympathetic. I mean, I don't... He does get a lot of abuse in social media. I think that's fair. His mum has come out this week and said it, it's unfair. And they're probably reading it. He probably doesn't. I think he said he doesn't. They are probably reading everything that's said about their son, and they're probably taking it very personally. I do kind of understand that. I'm sympathetic to that. And I think there's a very big difference between abuse and analysis. And I hopefully we've stayed on very much the right side of that on this podcast. I think we have. <laughs> I, I once joked, you know, he got he got booed in an England game recently. I said, it's obviously wrong to boo Harry Maguire. They should be throwing rotten fruit at him. And that was obviously deeply sarcastic. But I had a whole bunch of people like clipping that, <laughs> sending it to me going, you, <laughs> you hypocrite. I'm like, come on, guys. Do I, I need a sarcasm button for <laughs> yeah. the thickos on twitter to kind of get it when you make a joke like that anyway i i actually think at united united fans have stayed on the right side there have been some pockets of jeers but i think generally speaking he got a pretty pretty warm reception i think if he plays this weekend which he might do depending on fitness he'll get a great reception because united supporters historically have been very supportive of players under the cosh but in the end harry Maguire made the decision, and he said that this week, to stay mm. at United. He could have gone to West Ham. They didn't come up with a deal. The fee was agreed. It was all about wages. And so he has chosen to be a bit part player at Manchester United rather than a full-time player at West Ham because of money. And you can talk about his character and ego and all of that kind of stuff, but that, none of that really came into it. He could have he, gone, and he decided not to. And it's fair play to him. He signed a contract. United owe him that money, but uh, that's what... His decision was it, it is it is difficult. I mean, football in general is is, is sometimes it's, I feel sometimes it's difficult to be sympathetic and empathic towards someone who plays for my football team when they've just been so bad. They, they've been it's been so bad. Like it's, there's no redeeming moments I can even remember. Like there's there was a, there was a short period of time where he was okay, and and that's about it. Like and. And, and like I say, football kind of distorts me in that way that I, I, I almost don't see them as humans, which I guess is a, is a problem maybe I have with myself or, or maybe a, a footballing problem in general that we kind of just see them as these robots who are almost like in, in it, like old school gladiators, really, where they're just going out there and, and trying to be as robotic as they can. And, and if they don't perform well, then I'm going to be really pissed off at them where I mean, it doesn't really actually matter and they are humans and they do have emotions and feelings and they go through things. But I struggle to look at someone like Harry Maguire through empathic eyes because I just look at his performances for United and it just pisses me off so much that he's still at my football club. He's still taking a massive wage. He's still performing shit, like shit yeah. every every game. He, we don't even, we haven't even got a fee for him, blah, blah, blah. And that this isn't me abusing him. I'm just like, trying, trying to talk like, about how he has just been very bad. And every time he plays for us, he, he's 
he just gets almost like he gets worse or he doesn't get worse, but there's just so many more moments these days that it feels that just like there's so many bad moments. And when we've had like Varane and Martinez to compare him towards, like there was a lot of time where he was playing and he kind of given the benefit of the doubt. He hasn't had a defensive midfielder ahead of him. He hasn't had a good defender beside him. He's playing in a team which isn't very good. But now that those all, all excuses have kind of evaporated, then we're, we're just kind of seeing him for what he is. Yeah. He's a very average footballer who's not good enough to play for United. And and that's where, yeah, I do lack the empathy and I do lack the sympathy. But that's just me trying to be honest about how bad he is. And that's what annoys me about him like more than anything. And, and it, 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 I can't feel... I can't feel sympathetic towards him. The, yes, the abuse and and everything that kind of surrounds him is 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 not nice to deal with. But he's he's put himself in this situation, like you said, to stay United. He could have gone to West Ham. He could have taken himself out of this situation if he wanted to, but he didn't. He wanted to stay because the money's still good at United. He doesn't want to prove himself at United. I don't think anymore. If or maybe he does, or maybe. He, it's not about maybe his ego I thinks. Yeah, I, no, I don't, I don't believe even believe that. that. Don't do, do you think he's so tone deaf that he doesn't get that he doesn't fit in no. ten targets? And, and all, he's got to realize that he hasn't become no. a different player. And, and also, that he's, the, the thing is with the abuse, yeah. and and I guess it's so high in these days in in terms of because of social media, but it's so wide ranging. It's not just like. English people who take the piss out of him, like Gareth Southgate was kind of intimating the other day. Like when I went to, I went to watch the World Cup when I was in Morocco, like, and I was listening to the commentary and, and it was all in Arabic. Every time Harry Maguire got the ball, the commentator would laugh and would like go, Harry, ho! and like, like the, 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 the abuse of the meme, image is like exactly. literally worldwide. Like it's it's so ever present, and like that's kind of what life, like what football is. And it, and if he's not taking himself out of, like, there's got to be some sense of personal responsibility here. He's got to take himself out of the firing line yeah. if he wants, if he wants kind of an easier life. But if he if he's kind of say or thinking to himself or pretending to think to himself, I'm going to try and make it at United it's kind of part and parcel of, of what the world is at the moment. And and that's obviously yeah. not a great situation, but like, I mean, to be like, to just be realistic and to kind of be detached from it, how do you change that? You can't just say, Oh, stop abusing him because it's not just an English thing. It's like a worldwide thing. And actually, like you say, like United mm. fans at games have been very forgiving despite how bad he's been. I mean, like the way that put, We've not like had what Pogba got, where he got like fuck off Pogba in his last couple of games for United. Like Maguire's yeah. never had that. He might have had a few moans and groans from the, the crowd as he's played a shit pass again, but like he's not had, yeah, like people jeering his name when when it's been read out on the, on the team sheet or anything. And like you say, United versus England, like at the weekend, Maguire will get a great reception because of what he has had to put up with this past couple of weeks. Brighton, yeah. United versus England would be a fun Sorry, one. Sorry, it's in like the United versus... Scored. He's so it's in like the United is like, oh, yeah, yeah. Is like every time that a player gets abused, United player gets abused. Same for England. Yeah, 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 get it. Yeah. It is kind of funny that Harry's last two goals have been for, uh, well, two own goals. 
uh, for England and the one against Sevilla. Poor Harry. Uh, I, I think he probably won't start the weekend against Brighton. It'll be Victor Lindelof and Martinez. They're apparently both fit. We'll, we'll see on that one. But um, if they are, they will start and Maguire will be on the bench again. So will United buy Evan Ferguson this summer coming or the one afterwards? And how quickly will yeah, we He's supposed him? to be out. That's the other question. Which is good news. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a really good player, isn't he? For a young kid, he looks like the total package and obviously just the next one off the off the conveyor belt at Brighton. They just seem to keep doing it, whether it's buying players from some like random <laughs> South American club uh, or with Evan Ferguson. He is Academy. top. Like, um, he, he seems like he has everything. He looks like a mini cane almost, like his right foot shooting ability, his left foot shooting ability from range. Like when he scored that, I think it was his second goal against Newcastle with, mate, I think his left foot, like he picked the ball up on outside the edge of the area and you think, this is a goal because he's that good. And his personality as well, it seems like it's top. I think the only thing that would hold him back is injuries and, and I think he's he's got a bit of a knee issue that he's been managing for about a year, right. I think they, they said, because that's why he wasn't in the Ireland squad this week and that's why he's not in the team this weekend. I think that's probably the only thing that's going to hold him back because he is top. And, and they've got so many top players, haven't they? Like, like you say, like players that they just randomly found from uh, Paraguay. Like in, who the guy in CISO, that's it. That's it. I literally forgot his name every single time I tried yeah. to say it on the last pod. Uh, Matoma, who's just unbelievable. And yeah, and then they're probably one of these teams that, that would sell Caicedo and end up finishing higher again this season because they're a proper club. <laughs> yeah, well, it will be challenging for them this season because of the mm. Europa League and the, the challenges of, of the schedule and the amount of games and all of that. And uh, obviously they lost quite a few players and spent some money as well. So uh, it's at Old Trafford. Don't know whether that's good for us or not. I mean, we have a horrendous away record at the moment, so I guess so. They Brighton have made more passes in the final in the attacking third than any other team in the Premier League so far this season. Obviously, won three of their four games, uh, gave Newcastle a good thrashing. Uh, they will have a lot of the ball and they'll create a lot of chances and I'm uh, not feeling very confident. And a lot of that may be the sort of negativity surrounding United at the moment. But it's hard to say from... The four performances we've had so far, the two defeats away at Spurs and Arsenal and the two home games, Wolves and Forest, weren't very good. You look at this Brighton game, you're like, oh, God, that's a, it's a tough game. And then Bayern away straight afterwards. And the, the crisis narrative could be quite intense. Yeah, in a week's I'm going to try and be positive because I was super negative on the last show. <laughs> yeah, as as reviewers on Apple have pointed out. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> By the way, guys, if you'd like to do it, write us a review on Apple and you can actually say whatever you like in there because that doesn't uh, impact the, uh, the rating. But just give us five stars and then complain about Tom. Well, the thing is, right. you might have felt bad like after the show, like listening to it because it was so negative. But imagine how I felt when I had to live through that, actually like speaking it because I, I felt I felt horrendous after it as well. But for, all, for everything that <laughs> Ten Hag has, has brought to United over the past year is the, the, the thing that stands out above everything else is pragmatism and if United are going to get anything from this game and United are going to win this game United are going to have to be pragmatic and against against yeah. Brighton at Old Trafford like it's probably not the game where the fans would want us to see possession like I guess historically what United are as a football club and what Brighton are as a football club it would be 
almost sacrilegion in, in, in years gone by to, to, to go to, to Old Trafford and just see possession and, and let Brighton have the ball. But it works. Like you, we saw what happened to to West to Brighton against West Ham when West Ham just sat in, moist yeah, yeah. it from. Well, it, it was like classic moist in in so many respects. And if we if United do the similar type of thing, frustrate them, it's the way to play against Brighton. I thought this season actually they'd get found out a lot yeah. more, and I, I'm surprised that they started so well because I thought teams would do what they like West Ham did against them, sit deep, counter, be the best. Right. Sit a little bit back and exactly. then play and if, on and the United break. was yeah. supposed to be the best transition yeah. team in, in, in world football, which Ten Hag was going to make us. Like, this is the perfect game to do that. Just sit back and then hurt them on the break because they do defend ridiculously high. They don't have the, the, the quickest defenders in the world. Lewis Dunk is great on the ball and he's improved so much, but he's not a great defender. He's not very fast. Like We can get at them in that way if we can sit deep. And obviously there, there are problems with we haven't got a right winger, but Palestri, you'd imagine in a game like this, because he's so direct, would be would be good on that right hand side. Hoyland's obviously really fast, yeah, like ridiculously fast for such a big yeah. lad. A Harlan desk, like Rashford yeah. on the left. Well, hopefully we see a little bit of him. He played, a, yeah, Hoyland played a couple of times for Denmark, both substitute appearances, so he didn't get a full ninety minutes in, but he's got some game time in. So yeah, I hope we see him. Anyway, I've got to run. Sorry, folks, but we covered a lot in 50 minutes there. <laughs> God, I'm not feeling super confident, but I don't want to be a downer. And I think you're right. Pragmatic approach is probably what Ten Hag will go for. Play him on the break, some speedy players up front. I haven't got any choice. That's all yeah. we've got left. Yeah, that is the way to hurt Brighton. So if we can defend well with the uh, few defenders we have actually fit and play on the break, then uh, there's 100%. an opportunity there. All right, folks, thanks a lot. Do leave us a review. Complain about Tom if you like. He doesn't mind, honest. (laughs) And follow us on on Twitter, Tom, Dan, Wayne, myself, uh, and Patreon if you want to uh, get mugs and merch and stuff like that and get our bonus show, which we do at the weekends. Um, Patreon.com forward slash NQAT. All right, thanks a lot, folks.